message that uh, is on my heart to share with you has to do with preparing for Christmas. Uh, as has been said already today, it is a, a season of giving. Uh, it's uh, It comes quickly once Thanksgiving is over. It seems like Christmas falls right on its heels very, very quickly. And um, so I want us to begin now to prepare for it. And preparing for Christmas in relationship to God's Word is very important for us because I I think over time we have uh, kind of lost the true meaning of Christmas and what it's really all about. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, we're going to an Old Testament book. It's the book of Micah. And in the book of Micah, uh, it's uh, the prophet is, uh, is sharing and communicating uh, about the nation of Israel and some things that are going on, and, uh, and they are indicted. This is the first indictment in chapter 6 that talks about their sin, their problems, and their failures and their shortcomings. And then Micah asks a question, and that's the question that I really want us to look at today. There is an old proverb which says, the only gift worth giving is yourself. And we think about that, I think about Paul, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And so as you think about that, the idea of the gift of self, the gift of, of what I would give to the Lord and, and be generous, be kind, and, and be committed, I, I think about as we, we approach Christmas and we, we give gifts to other people, oftentimes we spend a great deal of time agonizing over the perfect gift. And, uh, and I witnessed just this week my Mother and father-in-law were at our house, and and, and uh, Ariel was there, and Janet, and and they were talking about Christmas gifts, and they spent a lot of time talking about different gifts and what was appropriate for this person and that person, and and uh, and what was uh, kind of in style today and what's not in style today. And I sit and listen to this conversation back and forth, and there was a lot of effort and thought that went into making sure we get a good gift, a, a gift that's, uh, that's useful to the person and, uh, and the value and all of those types of things. And, uh, and I thought about that. We spend a lot of time thinking about how can I give the best gift, the right gift, the, the appropriate gift to someone. And then we shop for that gift and we buy that gift. We spend money. We spend our time and energy securing it and preparing it when we wrap it to present it and all of those things. And I couldn't help but think, I wonder what our Christmas would be like if we would make a commitment to our Lord that we were going to spend the same type of time and energy and thought and commitment and investment about what we would give to Him. About the gift that we would offer to Him at this Christmas season. Because after all, it is a celebration of His birth. Of His coming into the world. And so as I, I thought about that, I, I 
thought about this passage in Micah chapter 6 beginning in verse 6 and listen to what it says with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God so so here's what's happened the nation of Israel has been indicted their sins and shortcomings and failures uh, and, and all of that's been laid bare and so the prophet is asking the question what then in turn do we bring to God for the sins that are in our life? What do we bring as a gift to Him to honor Him, to, to somehow appease Him for the wrongs that we've done? And so he asked this question with, What shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings? No. So he begins to question, What is the appropriate gift? What is the right thing to bring to God in light of what has is, is, is just been leveled against me as my sin, shortcomings, and failures? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings? With calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? With 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. So the prophet says, what is the appropriate thing to give to God in response to the sin? Notice what he says as he goes through this. He says, shall I offer my firstborn for the transgressions, uh, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? What can I offer to God in exchange for the way that I failed what can I offer to Him for the sin, the transgressions that are in my life? And then he goes back even further in the Old Testament to the book of Deuteronomy, and, and he says, wait a minute, God's already told us what He wants. Let's talk about that. He has showed you, old man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? So what is it that He wants? He says, He's already shown you that. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So what God seeks from us to give to Him are three things. He says that to walk justly, to act justly, to have mercy or kindness in our life or others, and to live humbly. Those are the three things that he asks that we give to him. And so I want to look at those three things today with the encouragement that these would be the gifts that we would begin to seek to offer to our Lord this Christmas season. First one is this, to act justly. Now, listen, there seems to be little justice in our world today. It seems like Everywhere we turn, someone is complaining, someone is pointing fingers, someone is accusing that they have been treated unjustly, that, that they have been treated unfair in some way in their life. And, and it doesn't take very long to turn on the television or pick up the newspaper or listen to the radio and discover someone expressing that they have been treated unjustly in their life. I think about that, and I, I think about everything that's going on around us in the world today. It, it seems that our, 
our world is upside down. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. Um, people who, who are, are good are facing difficulties and challenges. Those who are evil seem to be succeeding and living in pleasure. Uh, it, it just seems that, that everything is backwards. Juries deliberate for hours, even weeks. And sometimes we wonder how in the world they reach the verdict that they reached. Complaints or suits are filed that seem to have merit only to be dismissed or thrown out, while others that seem ridiculous and trivial find their way into the courts and into the public eye. (laughs) It just seems that there's a lot of injustice going on in our world. And people who feel that they are being treated unjustly in life. And I think about that in relationship to the fact that God calls us to act justly to treat people justly in our life. There's this idea that He communicates to us that that what I would like from you is for you to treat people the way that they deserve to be treated. And He gives us examples of that all through His Word. I, I think about last week's message and the ten lepers we talked about. And I think about the idea that these people were outcasts. These people were unacceptable to society. They had been removed from their homes, from their families, from their community. And any time someone approached them, they had to announce to them that they were unclean. And no one wanted anything to do with them. Now listen, they had a disease. Does that seem like justice? Does that seem the way that someone should be treated because of a disease that they had received? Jesus says no. Because when they came to the presence of Jesus, Jesus accepted them. When they came to the presence of Jesus, Jesus didn't didn't hold them at arm's length. In fact, we find in other places in Scripture when Jesus healed lepers that He actually touched them. But on the occasion of last week, He gave them instruction. He was kind to them. And His kindness turned to healing in their life. We know the Scripture says that they begin to go away to do exactly what he'd instructed them to do and while they were on their way they were healed and we know that only one returned to give praise and thanks to the Lord with a grateful heart for the healing that he received but Jesus demonstrated kindness to someone that others would not be kind to Jesus demonstrated kindness to someone that others had rejected I I think about the story of the woman Jesus met at the well. This is a woman, according to Scripture, who had been deemed unacceptable in society. That, That she was a woman, Jesus reveals, that she had had five husbands, and indeed the man that she was living with when he met her was not her husband. So she was considered by people to be immoral, maybe even a prostitute. And she was unacceptable to society. And when she walked down the street, there were whispers and there were gossip and, and there was finger-pointing and head-wagging. And, and suddenly this woman was being treated unjust, unkind in any way. And so she encounters Jesus. But guess what Jesus does? Jesus doesn't treat her that way. In fact, Jesus begins to talk to her in such a way that she got so excited that she ran back to Sychar to tell people about a man who knew everything about her and had told her everything that she had done in her life. And yet, 
didn't treat her unjustly. He treated her with justice. He treated her with kindness, grace, and mercy. And so I look around and I think that, that God calls us and He says, I, I just want you to treat people justly. Treat them the way that they should be treated. Treat them the way that I would treat them as you encounter them in life. Second thing he says is, I want you to bring me the gift of loving kindness. We've talked about this justice thing, but this kindness thing. He says, I, I want you to be kind or merciful to people. Now, we have to always understand the difference between grace and mercy. We use those two terms. It's important that we understand. Mercy is when I do not receive what I deserve. You understand that? So, so when someone is, is uh, you know, they're being treated in a certain way and they say, Mercy! Mercy means, give me mercy. I know what I deserve, but don't give that to me. Grace is when God gives us what we do not deserve. So He gives us grace. He gives us forgiveness. He, he shows to us a, a kindness that, that allows our sins to be washed away by the blood of Christ. We don't deserve that. But He gives that to us. And, and so when we look at these two words, grace and mercy, He's, he's talking here in kindness in, in Micah the 6th chapter, uh, in verse 8. He's talking about kindness and mercy. That, that we don't give people what they deserve. That yes, we look at them and go, hey, listen, they've done this, they've done that, they've acted this way, they've said these things. This is what they deserve. And he says, don't give them that. Don't give them what they deserve because I don't. I don't give you what you deserve. So don't give them what they deserve. But treat them with kindness. Treat them with mercy. First Corinthians chapter 13 says, it is hard to find kindness today. And so it says this, the love is patient and it is kind. Love is patient, it is kind, it is merciful. It does not give what one deserves, but rather it gives them something greater. It gives them something different. Mercy is an act of not giving someone what is deserved in their life, but giving something better to them. Giving something different to them than what they actually deserve. I, I think about God's mercy and God's kindness in my life. I am thankful that He does not give me what I deserve. I am thankful that He has shown me grace and He gives me what I do not deserve. And God works and moves in my life and He says, I want you to bring the gift that says there's kindness and mercy for those that are around you. Those that you encounter that maybe, you know, there's that person that that they never, they never curse or swear, but they cause everyone around them to. You know what I'm talking about, right? We face them, we encounter them in life, and, and it just seems like they, they go through life and, and they just cause disruption for everyone around them. And he says, show them kindness. Show them mercy. Because that's what I would do. That's what I have done in life. And so he calls us to bring the gifts, the gift of justice, others, the gift of kindness or mercy to others, and then finally, he says this, I want you to bring the gift that you would walk humbly with your God. Humility is, is one of those things that we struggle with in life. Our world struggles with humility. 
But it's no different than the world Jesus came into when he was born. It was a world that, that was full of pride, a world that was, uh, was full of, of people who, who looked at themselves as more significant or more important than they were. The, the Greek influence and culture of that day, that they were arrogant and they were proud. They, they had uh, great displays of power and, and significance. Um, the, the leaders of the military armies, they, they rode on horses and they wore their shining armor and plumes in their helmets and, uh, and they barked orders and people immediately obeyed them because they were powerful, they were significant, and they were important. Uh, they had many slaves who served them and met their needs. And that's the world into which Jesus was born. Think about how he came into the world. He came humbly in a stable, not even born in a home, not even born in, in a place that most people would have been born in that day, but he was born in a stable. And I think about the world in which we live today, and it's much the same. People are so full of pride, and, and they, they place importance on having the right kind of clothing and wearing the brand name this or brand name that or having the right kind of automobile or living in the right kind of home or, or having the, the whatever the, that it might be that makes them seem more important and significant than other people. And it's a pride issue. It's, it's an arrogant issue that we have to deal with. And we face that in the world today. And, and so the idea that, that we would walk humbly that there would be humility in our heart and our attitude and how we approach life. That we wouldn't be arrogant, that we wouldn't be boastful, that we wouldn't, wouldn't be proud. But that we would be humble and that humility would cause others to look at us in light of our relationship with the Lord. And so he says, there, there are just three gifts that I would like you to bring. My challenge to us as we prepare for Christmas is to give a lot of thought. These gifts don't cost anything. There's no money involved. These gifts are, are something that every one of us, you don't have to have a special talent or ability, every one of us can bring to our Lord. And the idea of justice to others, kindness and mercy to others, walking humbly in His presence. One of the very successful quarterbacks in the NFL today is young man by the name of Lamar Jackson. And I saw an interview not long ago, and, uh, and in all of his success and everything, he was asked the question, what keeps you humble? And without hesitation or thought, he responded in this way, the Lord. The Lord, I, I give him all the praise and glory and honor. I, I let him know he's number one my heart and my life. Without Him, I could have been doing anything, but the success is crazy. I talk with Him throughout the day, and I let Him know, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for all you do. He said, because when you get to thinking that you're bigger than the Lord, that's when all the success dies and goes away. Now, I don't know a lot about Lamar Jackson or his history or his belief or his faith or his morals or any of those things. But I do know that the statement that he made when he was asked what keeps him humble is true. 
That's a true statement. Now, whether it's true in his life, I don't know. I don't know him. I don't follow him well enough to to be able to, to discern that. But I know that the statement itself is a true statement. That humility comes when we talk to the Lord on a daily basis and we keep him first in our life more than anything else. And that we let him know that we appreciate him and that without him, allow ourselves to think that we're bigger or better than he is. That he always has first chance. That's humility. That, that's, that's the definition of what it means to be humble in the presence of the Lord. And so this morning, I want to encourage as we prepare for Christmas, that each of us would look at our lives and ask ourselves the question, could I bring to him the gift that says to him as my Lord, I will be one who shows more justice to the people I know and I encounter. Lord, I, I promise, I bring you the gift. I wrap it up and, and I bring it to your feet today that I'm going to demonstrate to people more kindness and mercy in my life. As an example of you living in me, that I will be more kind and more merciful to those that are around me. And Father, I So this morning, we're going to offer an invitation. Maybe, just maybe, one or more of these areas are areas that you struggle with in your life. Maybe that humility is one of those things that you struggle with. Maybe being kind and merciful to others is one of those things that you struggle with. Maybe being just, living justly, acting justly to others is something you struggle with. Or maybe it's something else this morning as we offer an invitation, it's a time for us to, to make decisions about our life and where we are in relationship to our Lord and relationship to others. And it's a time for us to prepare our hearts to experience the greatest Christmas that we've ever experienced. So if there's a decision in your heart this morning,